Welcome to the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, and so grateful to share this story with you. As we continue to grow the HSCT Warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. We're so glad you've joined us. Welcome to both Gretchen and Carissa. We've got a tandem interview this morning, and I'm so excited to connect with both of you about uh, your experiences with HSCT. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me too, Jen. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about how Gretchen, you uh, being a physical therapist, supporting Carissa in her recovery through HSCT. I'm just so excited to learn more from both of you. Um, And so I would say let's begin with Gretchen, if you don't mind introducing yourself and your background and your experience getting to know autoimmune disease. Of course. So I am a physical therapist and a multiple sclerosis certified specialist. And I first became aware that there was a specialty for MS when I had my first job outside of physical therapy school. And our company had an MS program at our sister company. So they wanted to open up a program at the clinic that I was working at. And I was always interested in more neuro-based treatments because there's so much variety in them. It's not a cookie cutter treatment. And therefore, I offered to help run this program. And in doing so, I know this sounds weird, but I just fell in love with working with clients who have MS because it's just so different. I love the variety. I love the creativity and the brainstorming. So that's kind of how I got into it. And from there, I quickly realized that it was very challenging for a lot of my clients who had MS to get to the PT clinic. You know, sometimes it's because they had so much fatigue or weakness, spasticity, any of their symptoms can limit them from coming to the clinic. So that's when I decided to start an online program where I can share my favorite exercises, guest speakers, classes, all that good stuff. And that's how Krisa and I met. Fantastic. Thanks so much for lending your brilliance with the world um, and finding ways to make it more accessible. And so, Carissa, why don't you talk to us a little bit about your experience with autoimmune disease and how you came to find HSCT, but also Gretchen? So good morning, everyone. I was diagnosed with MS in 1995, and it's been quite a journey. Actually, Gretchen, I was going to remind you that I met you way back when you still taught uh, or worked in Massachusetts at mm-hmm. the clinic in Wellesley. So, oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah, I totally forgot yeah. about that. How awesome so is that? So long ago. So long ago. So my experience has always been, as a, as a person with a chronic illness, move it. I have to move it or I'm going to lose it. So I never... I try as hard as I can to always do my exercises and 
do something to move my body every day. And Gretchen is an amazing cheerleader on that. And she always reminds the people she works with that that needs to be done. And I've found that's the key to managing my chronic illness. And um, I had HSCT in December of 2020 in Mexico. And before I went, I made sure that I was in, for me, tip-top physical shape because I knew that the treatment would be really hard on my body and my mind. But I, So I made a point to do that. And um, then when I returned, um, we were, I was in quarantine, not only because of COVID, because of the fragility of my immune system after the treatment. And so that's when I reconnected with Gretchen and her online program, because I had set up a gym at home and I was able to work with her and do exercises that helped bring me back from um, my HSCT. The one other thing that I want to bring up and point out is in my MS journey, which has now been a very long time, almost 30 years, I have met many, many physical therapists because I've always needed to connect with someone to keep my body moving. And I will tell you that 90% of them say, yeah, we can treat MS, but Gretchen is the only physical therapist who I've met who really understands how to do it. So it, it was a very frustrating journey because these a lot of these other physical therapists who I met with told me they knew how to do it, but she has been the only person who truly understands what it's like to live in a body with MS. I mean, obviously she doesn't really know because she, thank God, doesn't have MS, but she has so much specific experience. It's like she does. Right. Thank you so much for pointing that out and introducing yourself and your journey so far. It's something Gretchen mentioned, right, is that everyone's so different in their presentation with the disease and thereby we're probably all different. Those of us who go through HSCT, how our body recovers, right? And there's so many nuances about trying to recover or move your body when you're struggling with the various issues that present with MS. So Gretchen, maybe you could talk to us a little bit about how our bodies truly are different from a body that doesn't necessarily battle autoimmune disease. Yeah. So one really tricky thing about battling really any autoimmune disease, but especially multiple sclerosis is that variety that I mentioned earlier. Mm. There are so many, honestly, I feel like I could probably list 80 different symptoms right. <laughs> just off the top of my head. And not only that, but even if you do have one of those symptoms, so for example, fatigue is one of the most common symptoms in multiple sclerosis. But if one person has fatigue, it can be different each day. Today versus tomorrow could be vastly different with the amount of fatigue. And not only that, even hour by hour, it can change. And it can depend on what you're doing, how much energy you use, just getting out of bed, showering and getting dressed. So you really have to plan about your day so that you can manage some of your symptoms, fatigue just being one option. Most of the clients that I work with have a main goal of either improving 
or maintaining their mobility and their walking, their transfers. So I focus heavily on functional strengthening to improve their strength so that their day-to-day tasks are easier for them. And you're able to do it with better energy and better strength, better flexibility. So there's a, a specific way that you can go about doing that. And from the clients that I have treated who have undergone stem cell therapy, uh, there's been a, a, a few different types of interactions. One where they're much more stable afterwards, even just right from the get-go, but more commonly is their symptoms are still there and some of them may even worsen temporarily, but then it gets to a plateau and they're back to uh, where they were hoping they would be prior to the stem cell therapy. And it's all just from focusing on what your specific body needs, strengthening, stretching, balance, walking. So many of those factors. It's I love to hear you say that you've noticed that improvement even in the balance and stability post HSCT. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. one of the things certainly I don't necessarily continue to struggle with, but have noticed that even in the last two years post COVID, <laughs> it's something I need to continually work on to strengthen and maintain because just being too sedentary, right? As Carissa says, move it or lose it. Mm-hmm. COVID and that's right, thing- has me more sedentary. And so I'm not as great with balance. Yeah. And that's the thing with MS too, is that the reason that people with MS have weakness is because of their the demyelination. So their neural pathways don't have as much myelin, which is what makes the muscles weaker. So with MS, you truly do have to strengthen. If you don't strengthen, if you don't use it, you will lose it. You'll lose that neural pathway connection. So consistency is so important. And we realize, at least I believe in neuroplasticity, right? So that we can create those new pathways and or reinforce those weaker pathways. Um, And it's interesting because recently I connected with a physical therapist to work on strengthening my knee because it's been hyperextending for the last six years, right? Because of my gait pattern and because of whatever damage incurred. Now post HSCT, my knee can bend, but my nervous system, everything feels safer if I can just lock that knee out and go back to that old patterning. And so all of that needs to change and shift. And we did the MRI and it shows there's some issue in my meniscus and that's causing pain. And so I'm in physical therapy now to strengthen the knee and he has me doing supine bridge and a Pilates bridge. And so today's like my fourth day of working through these exercises. My neck is so sore. And part of that is strengthening, but part of it is I've got lesions in my neck that just using those muscles are kind of reintroducing a little bit of inflammation in those areas that are, say, compromised. Yes. And you bring up a good point, too, that a lot of recovery is, of course, strengthening, but it's also changing your habits. And Krisa and I have talked about this, too, where you can get full strength in your knees where maybe they are, you know, in the PT world, we would grade it a five out of five, but you go to stand up and walk and it still locks because it's a habit. So there's, it's, I separate those things into two different ways of working on it. The strengthening needs to come first, but 
changing the habit needs to come immediately after, if not doing both at the same time. Agreed. Our fascia holds on to so much of that patterning. Yes. And it, it has its own neural networks and, and intelligence. And so helping to shift those patterns. Carissa, maybe you can talk a little bit about your efforts to help shift some of your old habits. So this was an interesting story. When I had my latest one-on-one with Gretchen, um, she noticed a couple things about my walking pattern. And one thing that I said to her before our session started, I said, Gretchen, it's really, I really want to work on the fact that my left knee locks sometimes and it's not a smooth transition in my walking. And she identified that I needed to strengthen my quad muscle and we went through a number of exercises. And the very, very interesting thing to me is that I've been doing yoga probably since I was diagnosed. So since 1995, and that knee locking has been there since that. And I've always ignored it. It's very similar to why you said, Jen, where it feels safe, Mm -hmm. because that was the same thing for me, because when I was doing poses in a yoga class, I knew that I couldn't fall down or else I would have been like a giant domino effect in the class. Right. So therefore, I would ignore my knee locking because it made me feel safer. But with when Gretchen was with me, I think that was last month. And I've been working on this ever since. She showed me that I need to strengthen my quad in order to protect my knee. And now I'm working on feeling more confident that I'm not going to fall if I don't lock my knee. So it it is, it's a long process. And given I've been ignoring it for like 25 years. So now's <laughs> the time <laughs> that I'm um, going to keep doing it. The other really great thing that, Gretchen noticed when when she when we were working together was when I when she observed my walking she noticed that I clenched my right hand instead of having it and I might be using the wrong terminology Gretchen and I'm not meaning to misquote you normally when you walk my left leg moves forward and my right arm should follow my left leg. And I wasn't doing that. I was clenching my right hand. And I believe that was because I was had a fear of falling. And now that every I'm trying to be more cognizant of that, Gretchen pointed it out. And she showed me some things that I can do. And now every single time I'm walking, I'm making sure that my arm and my opposite leg are in sync. And that is kind of you know, could be, quote, normal for most people, except for maybe a baby who's two and learning how to walk. But it really has made a difference in my confidence that I'm not going to trip and how I'm walking. So I so much was grateful for Gretchen noticing that with me as as well. So those are two things that I'm working on that uh, I was so grateful that she noticed. Well, and that's part of the training and the expertise mm-hmm. that Gretchen, you've developed, right? And in, in specializing in knowing yeah. more about patients with MS because we are, we're snowflakes. 
Right. Yeah. And, and it is truly looking at the whole body, not just one thing. If someone comes to me and this has happened before where a client with MS comes to me and they'll say, Gretchen, uh, my knee is really weak. I need exercises to bend my knee. But after evaluating that person, I realized, yes, they are correct. They do have knee weakness, but their hip is even weaker. And if we don't focus on the hip first, then getting more strength in your knee won't really make a difference. And so sometimes you think you need one thing and you're right. You probably do need that, but it's in addition to other things, maybe the hip, maybe the arm swing, as Chris is talking about, or maybe it's the ankle. So looking at the whole body is so important. Well, I've said similar things. Carissa talked about tightness in her right arm. I have tightness in my left arm and then tightness in my right hip. And when I saw this physical therapist, he's not a specialist in MS. His focus was on my knee, but then he watches me walk and he's like, I see a lot of movement in your hips that shouldn't be there. So just as you're saying, Gretchen, like maybe it's actually the hips that need to be strengthened in order for mm -hmm. other things to come online. Right. Absolutely. And so Gretchen, you mentioned working with a few patients. Um, I don't know how many, and you don't need to say, because of course that's patient mm -hmm. privacy, but is there something else you notice about patients either pre HSCT and or differences post HSCT? Carissa, you mentioned you're working on walking. And so are there other areas you're looking to improve in your work with Gretchen? Um, I sort of accumulate issues that I find as I move along. Like right now, I'm really not comfortable, but I'm really focusing on the, the two areas with the knee locking and the correct format in my walking. And then once I tackle those things, I think one of the things that she and I have talked about working on is speed of my walking. So I'm not like the, always the slowest one in the group. And my experience, personal experience has been that part of that speed issue has been my confidence because pre HSCT and until I started working more um, strictly with Gretchen, I had pretty severe foot drop in my left foot which I will say, which I will say Gretchen's exercises have helped me combat that. It's not that it's not there, but I'm more cognizant of it. And I notice it much less since I've focused on those exercises, maybe two or three months ago. And Gretchen, it doesn't mean I'm not working on them now <laughs> because I do, I do really listen to you when you say it needs to be like a forever thing. So I'll right. like right now I'm sitting at my desk and I'm doing my dorsiflexions. So I just feel like the, the work is working and I will continue to do those exercises, but those things aren't as, uh, needing as much work. I am continuing to always do those exercises because I do not want to have foot drop anymore. And I do want to be able to move on to walking a little bit faster. And for me right now, it's just confidence because I don't want to end up on my rear end, if you know, because if my toe gets caught, then that's what happens. And, so, um, and then we have to figure out how to get up. Yeah, yes. exactly. But, but Gretchen has awesome 
tutorials on that. And I sit on the ground on purpose a lot so that I can practice those things. I think Gretchen, it, you have a lot of tutorials on your website that shows people the correct, like uh, the correct way to get up from the floor. So I challenge myself to do that a number of times a day. So I don't lose that ability. Like sometimes I even eat dinner sitting on the floor. So then when I'm done, I have to get up. I know it sounds crazy, but if I'm by myself, the dogs don't care if I'm sitting on the floor eating my salad. <laughs> I like that. Putting yourself in this situation so that you will have to do that movement. So many people do the opposite and they'll avoid it. But if you avoid it, how are you going to work on it? So I actually like that technique. So I I appreciate you reminding me that it's it's important to remind your brain all the time. And I... I do actually choose to sit on the floor. So I have to get up a number of times a day, not when I'm at work because then people would think I was crazy, but whenever I'm home and uh, doing things, I, I do sit on the floor a lot. Awesome. Yeah. And just to go to Jen's question as well, in terms of physical therapy pre and post HSCT, often what we're working on pre HSCT is strengthening those neural pathways. And the reason or the way that you do that is by repetition, just over and over and over again of those major muscle groups that MS tends to attack, like our hip flexors, our knee flexors, our ankle. So what we call it is prehab. So you're going to rehab, but before the surgery. And, and this is true in the orthopedic world as well. If someone's getting um, a hip replacement, you would do prehab. But for some reason, it's not talked about as frequently as it should be for neurological and autoimmune date based disorders. So prehab, you're focusing on high repetition of those exercises. Whereas post HSCT, it's really a new reevaluation because when someone comes to me post HSCT, they might have different symptoms than they went in with mm. for HSCT. I have had some clients who did not have much spasticity or muscle tightness pre HSCT, but post, this was one of their main concerns. And so it, a reevaluation is so important. I never assume that someone coming to me after HSCT is going to have the same symptoms the last time I saw them. So kind of reevaluating what are the new symptoms? What do we need to be working on now and targeting those areas? That's critical. And I think such an important part of the care that you offer, right, is just that awareness that it can be different any yes. given day. But also, I helped to peer review a, a journal article published somewhere in Europe, I believe by the European Bone Marrow Transplant Society or for that publication, but they were looking to recommend, strongly recommend that PT be a huge part of the recovery process post HSCT for at least six months if not a year or longer, for those patients in Europe who are going through HSCT, do you think that we might ever, well, <laughs> be successful in helping to promote HSCT <laughs> as a standard of care, but that PT be also recommended as a standard of care for patients, even just battling autoimmune disease? I absolutely hope so. I agree. I think physical therapy is underrated and I don't know why it's not associated <laughs> with more surgeries 
anyways. Like even after women are pregnant and give birth in UK, they get free access to pelvic floor physical therapy Mm -hmm. after every pregnancy. So we don't yet, hopefully, have access here, but hopefully that is coming. And it's the same with surgeries. It's the same with HSCT, that your body is going through a traumatic event. Mm -hmm. And getting the right care, which includes physical therapy and strengthening in the right way, is critical to improving your recovery outcomes, as well as the speed that you recover. Absolutely. And chances for or minimizing those chances for re-injury. Part of my frustration, so the the first two years post-HSCT, I was dedicated every week to showing up for physical therapy and working diligently. And every six or eight sessions, it was the insurance testing, reevaluation, going back through the six-minute walk and the get up and go. And, oh, I'd rather be focused on the exercises that I need to be doing and learning to like level up in my therapy, right? It's, I don't understand why only 10 visits are approved at a time. And then you go through the time just Mm -hmm. to revisit. And and I understand data and I understand that matters, but (laughs) the repetition being key, right? And leveling up, go. it feels like the testing is going backwards in a way. Yes, I agree. And as you mentioned, it is important for that data, but it, in my opinion, it doesn't need to be done that often, especially when you have MS. It takes a while to see changes. And what the insurance companies are looking for is to see changes. Mm. So I think that that's one reason why I kind of got out of that type of physical therapy world and branched off on my own, because we don't have to worry about that. We can, I can just give the care that I know my clients need without having to worry about insurance approving this or insurance denying them. So I think it is important to get that continuous care the best you can. That's such an important and brave leap for you, right? To venture out on your own. And and I hope that you are super successful in this and supporting patients in that continuum of care and leveling up each time, right? So Carissa, I'm curious what well, yeah, I'm yeah, curious to know how things are going for you and if you feel like in your work with Gretchen you you indeed have been leveling up. I, um, first of all, I want to say, um, I agree wholeheartedly with what both of you said about the limited number of physical therapy sessions that are allowed in the United States with insurance and all that. It's been extremely frustrating. And I also am going to add that when I had HSCT done, a large number of the patients were European And they are now where I'm 18 months out. They are continually getting physical therapy support through insurance because, you know, that's the way things are in Europe. The NHS, sure. Yes. And there was, you know, and they're getting extremely good care, which is amazing. I feel like I'm going to be working with Gretchen and with her Um, ideas and exercises probably for the rest of my life because it's a in my mind it's a constant training of my brain and reminder so even on days when I'm feeling a little tired or a little bit down I do a little something to keep those pathways open and I will always remember 
that I need to move it or I'm going to lose it. So I think she has started me on a path that I'm going to be on probably for the rest of my days, just as a patient with a chronic illness, because I want to live the biggest life that I possibly can. And I don't want to be anything to limit what I can do. So I'm committed to continually making sure everything is moving as smoothly as I can. And I feel like the path that Gretchen has started me on and worked with me on will be the path that I will continue for a very long time. It's one of the most important investments we can make, right? In ourselves, in our well-being. So you ended up going to Mexico, and thank you for pointing out that so many of your STEMI sisters and brothers were from Europe. And so talk to us a little bit about how you came to that decision to pursue HSET in Mexico. Um, I had been, um, my health had been failing from 2018 more. So I was diagnosed in 1995. And then in 2018, I went through some very serious life changes where my health had been deteriorating more. And I reconnected with a friend who had been in my high school class. And she had been treated by Dr. Burt at um, Northwestern. But she told me when we talked, which was in early 2000, no, early 20. 20, that he was no longer treating patients. So I went and researched more, where could I get this treatment? She, this friend of mine from high school had had friends who had gone to your, to um, internationally to have HSCT and she hooked me up with some of them. And then I just decided that I wasn't going to sit back and let this disease ravage my body. I had to do everything that I possibly could to stop it. So that's how I made the decision, because at that point, it was pretty high COVID times. America had shut down any trials of HSCT um, in the U.S., And Mexico or Russia were really our only choices at that point because of COVID and everything. Um, And I just said, I'm going to go. I'm going to try to do it. I and I'm going to come back and I'm going to work as hard as I can to get my body in shape again. That was it was like a no brainer for me. And so having met Gretchen years prior, did she just come to mind or were you working with her and her, her techniques prior to HSCT? Um, Gretchen, you'll have to remind me, Gretchen, a little bit, the timeline of the launch of your website. At the time, um, Jen, that I decided to go to Mexico, I was not working with um, Gretchen. Be- and so Gretchen, remind me the evolution of your website, because I know you left Massachusetts at some point around then. Yes. So my my program has been up and running since December of 2018. So we just, we were hitting about almost a three and a half year mark. Okay. So I was not working with Gretchen at that point. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of, I was doing my own thing and she came to mind when I came back from Mexico and many of my co-transplant sisters had been talking about their PTs in England or, you know, 
picks up other places abroad. And I remembered my work with Gretchen and I reconnected with her after I returned. That's wonderful. And so much of your programming, Gretchen, you make available online and consultations, if I'm not mistaken, with folks even abroad. Right. And my main goal is accessibility. Now, of course, there are some limitations when clients live in different states or countries from me. And that's why I have my online program. However, if we do live in the same state that as Carissa and I, that is when uh, I can come to your home and do an in-person evaluation or a virtual evaluation as well. So this way, I'm able to make it accessible accessible for both groups, those that do live in the same state as me, but also those that even live in different countries. Such a huge benefit to, I think, all that you offer. The more and more I experience just living with MS or MS as it's been halted, I really pay attention to how inaccessible so much of this country truly is. It always baffles me why the handicapped restrooms are always in the the furthest away from the door of the restroom. Yes, that's so true. <laughs> and this is consistently uh, at, at my last physical therapy job prior to branching off on my own, as I was mentioning, a lot of my clients for valid reasons could not get to their PT session. And I kept brainstorming with my boss. I was like, can I call them? Can I go to their house? Is there something that I can do so I can still help them even though they can't come to us? And at the time, even telehealth was taboo. So that idea was just shut down immediately because it was taboo. So I just thought, well, if you're not going to help me, then I'm just going to do it on my own. That's fantastic and really courageous of you. And so specializing in MS, do you specialize in any other autoimmune diseases or MS as its own? Because it is so, so unique. I only specialize in multiple sclerosis. However, there is a lot of carryover. So in my online program, it's mostly people with MS, but I have people with rheumatoid arthritis, Parkinson's, hemispastic paraplegia. So there is a lot of carryover into other neurological and autoimmune-based diseases. Indeed. And so much of it is about creating those new patterns through repetition. Yes. Gretchen, I was hoping you could speak a little bit to your platform because when I joined, things that really helped me out were you have exercises separated by if you things like if you have issues with walking steps or um, you know getting into the car, standing up from sitting down, and it makes it so accessible. So I was just wondering if you could just speak very quickly about how your website and is set up for people like me. Yes, of course. So there's, of course, a lot of MS-specific exercises recorded where I am demonstrating and explaining all of the best exercises to help with mobility and walking, but also why it's important. Because if I'm being honest, some of the exercises are really boring and you're just sitting in a chair lifting your leg up. So I think it's really important to understand the why behind each exercise. But as Chris is mentioning there is a specific category that I call task-specific exercises. And this is where I will record how to do something 
specific that we normally do throughout the day, like how to get in and out of a car, how to climb stairs, how to get down to the floor and up from the floor safely. And in these videos, I am demonstrating how to do it. And I've referenced which exercises to do to improve your strength with this specific activity. As I mentioned earlier, of course, we all want to get stronger, but what does that really mean if it doesn't help out with your day-to-day -day tasks and day-to-day -day movements? So that's why I have that category in there. And then there's also a lot of accountability. As we've mentioned, repetition and staying consistent is so important. And so we have an accountability group. We have monthly group check-in calls to help each other stay on track. And it, it also is a little bit of a support group as well in that regard. So those are the main components. And I do consider it a wellness program because I bring in guest experts every month who know a lot that of things that I don't know. So I'll bring in MS neurologists or an occupational therapist, a nutritionist, so that my clients can still get a well-rounded education to help them manage their MS beyond just exercise. Sounds abundant, like an abundance of resources. And it's so often those little things, right, that we take for granted every day that suddenly become difficult. And it is hard to understand, why can't I do this anymore? Mm -hmm. So I appreciate, yeah, yeah just the, the modality by which you, you lay all of the why and how. Yeah. One of the recent additions in the missing link is an index. So ever since the beginning, I've had these calendars that will tell you exactly which exercises to do each day. So you can use that as a guide. But more recently, I have this index where it says what symptom you might be experiencing. And if you are experiencing that, exactly which exercises you should be doing. Or if you have a specific goal, it will list which exercises you should do to help you reach that goal. So that's another way different from the calendars where people can determine which exercises are going to be best for them. Sounds like a very targeted approach to something yeah. that's very nuanced. And I appreciate that. I appreciate all that you've set up for us. So I have a question actually for both of you. And We'll see who decides to jump in first. Why was it important for you to participate in the podcast today? I'll um I'll speak first because it was kind of I kind of feel like I <laughs> I bullied for a lack of a better word both of you into doing it because I feel like both of you women have been integral in me steering my health and wellness from the from uh, over the last few years. And I think for me, it is so important to move my body. And Gretchen has been so important in directing me and keeping me motivated and keeping me accountable that I wanted other patients with autoimmune disease to know that she's there because I truly, truly believe and I had this conversation with a friend of mine whose husband is suffering right now with MS. I truly, truly believe that if we don't move it, I will lose it. So I want other people to know that there are people out there to help with a lot of knowledge on moving and 
Jen, I feel like you and HSDT Warriors have been an amazing support since I returned from Mexico. And every day is not awesome. And there's challenging days and there's people out there to talk to about, you know, what we're going through. So that's why I chose to participate today. Thank you. I appreciate that, Chris. And I'm so excited and proud of you for for noticing these improvements and for staying consistent because that that is so powerful. I would say the reason I was excited to hop on this podcast interview is because I feel there needs to be more education behind exercising in a very specific way to actually help you reach your goals of improving your strength and mobility. I will never forget the very first time that I went to a support group to educate on functional exercise and MS-specific physical therapy. I honestly felt a little embarrassed, like, who am I to come and tell these people what they already know? Like, they all have MS, they already know they should be exercising, but what I noticed as I was giving my presentation is everyone was jotting down so many notes. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh my gosh, how has no one ever told them this before? How have they not had these conversations with their neurologist or their physical therapist? And it was so eye-opening to me. So ever since that specific experience, it's just been a huge goal of mine to spread awareness and education around things that you can do to reach your goals. Because without that, it's so easy to feel hopeless and defeated. So I'm hoping that this education can bring about empowerment and action. Thank you so much. Because yeah, well, we couldn't agree more. HSCT Warriors is similarly very dedicated to the education and awareness piece, even that HSCT could be an option for yeah. treatments. And it baffles my mind as to why more doctors don't talk about it, why more doctors right. don't recommend PT as a regular part of even just the experience with MS. Functional aspect of what you do, I think, is just such an important approach to that holistic style of care that is, in my mind and experience, so much more effective than throwing a prescription at something. Mm -hmm. And it gives you the lifelong skills that you'll need to maintain instead of being on this wave of up and down, up and down. You, you'll know exactly what to be doing for the rest of your life to improve your mobility, strength, balance, all the things we've been talking about. So I think that education is a tool and it's powerful to have that. Powerful indeed. And Functional medicine works in a similar way, right? Like the foods that your body needs to promote wellness and functionality. So looking at even your genetic mutations to see how your body processes food and absorbs nutrients or doesn't and how you can support your body strategically sounds exactly like the lens by which you're offering support for physical movement and improvement. So thank you for your dedication to that work. So it is powerful indeed. And I'm curious to know, Carissa, for sure, about a superpower that you feel you gained in your experience from HSCT. I'm still working on it, Jen. I'm not sure that I fully gained it. But um, from HSCT, I now have a stronger confidence that of how my life is going to proceed 
over the next decades. That that's what I think the superpower that I I have confidence that I'm going to be able to manage my body and my soul over the next few decades of my life. That's the superpower that I gained from HSCT. That's fantastic. Confidence, I hear. And so I know you're working with Gretchen on building that confidence. Gretchen, is there any advice you could offer to folks just to help build that confidence in themselves and maybe motivation to dedicate the time that it takes to really strengthening and improving oneself. Yes. And one one thing I think can offer a lot of confidence and hope is understanding neuroplasticity. We very briefly touched on it earlier, but neuroplasticity is the ability of your brain to either strengthen the neural pathways that already exist but have gotten weaker or to find brand new neural pathways. So if you are having difficulty lifting your leg up, you can get stronger in that movement. Your brain is able to strengthen the pathway that exists or find a new way to make that work. And I think fully understanding that that is capable for you is the very first step. Because if you don't believe that it's possible, especially with someone who has MS. It's a progressive disease. So a lot of people fall into this negative thinking of, well, I have a progressive disease and that means that I'm probably not going to get stronger or this exercise won't help me. So fully understanding what neuroplasticity is, is I think the first step. And then from there, to help you stay motivated and stay consistent, I always suggest thinking about your stronger reason of your why. Mm. A lot of people, when I ask, why do you want to stay consistent with your exercises? They'll say something like, well, I want to walk better or I want to walk faster. But if you ask yourself why again, well, why do you want to walk better? And then whatever your answer is, ask why again and get to a really deep meaning of what your why is. Oftentimes, what it ends up becoming is something like, I want to walk better so and stay consistent with my exercises so that I can participate in life with my family more, that I can go on walks with my family, or that I can go out with them instead of staying in because I'm so fatigued. And if you think about that why while you're exercising, that is going to make you stay much more consistent than just generally thinking about walking better. So really honing in on a deep reason of why this is important to you. Brilliant. I love it. It's something that can be very difficult to find when you're muddled in active disease state with brain fog and fatigue and just depression that can come along with MS. And so HSCT lends that opportunity to break free, hopefully, um, and at least halt the progression from getting worse. And so Maybe, Gretchen, you could just touch on a little bit when you first learned about HSCT as an option for care for so many of the patients you've worked with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I first heard about HSCT many, many years ago when I was at an MS conference. And to be honest, my first thought was, well, this can't be real. This is too good to be true. (laughs) You know, like how how can we actually stop the progression the first time? that something like this had ever been talked about. And so, of course, 
at first, it sounds too good to be true, especially because there wasn't anyone in the States doing it at this time. And so, again, it kind of sounded like something that maybe was a little sketchy. Can you really trust this? But as time is going on, and I've stayed up to date with research, and I have clients who have gone through the experience. And so now it's I have a totally different mindset around it. And I think that there is something for everyone. And it depends on where you're at in your journey, what you've been experiencing, and what your goals are, and seeing what would align with you, whether that's HSCT, physical therapy, both, something else, doing something that aligns with your vision of what you want the rest of your life to look like. Beautiful. Thank you for that encouragement and encouraging Mm -hmm. viewpoints. It's lovely to me in my mind that the folks in Europe have realized and recognized the value of physical therapy alongside of HSCT. And may we all find our pathway, our journey um, to be an easy one when we embrace physical therapy in our journeys. I'm curious for each of you uh, if there's anything you're grateful for that has gone unspoken, uh, whether it be your journey with HSCT or Gretchen and getting to know uh, more about the patients and our experiences as you found your dedication and devotion to specialize in working with patients with mm-hmm. MS? I would say what I'm grateful for, and it's funny because looking back, that experience that I had with my boss at the time where he just wasn't helping me in doing something virtual or calling my clients. I felt so frustrated at the time, which is why I branched off on my own. But Mm -hmm. that is something I'm so grateful for. I'm so grateful that he wasn't Mm open-minded enough to see my vision because in doing what I'm doing now, I am helping way more Mm -hmm. people than I ever could have if I had stayed in one physical therapy clinic. So I'm so grateful for that experience. It has led me to working with so many clients and and therefore that leads me to learning even more about MS. Everyone is different and that's a different approach to each person. So without that experience, I wouldn't have been on a call like this. I wouldn't have branched out to helping as many people as I could. So that's what I'm most grateful for. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Teresa, how about you? Well, I'm, I was thinking a little bit. I am grateful for everyone in the MS community who has a positive outlook. And Gretchen and Jen, the two of you have really switched things around for me a lot. And Gretchen, because you not only post things about exercises and PT, on your website, but also open our eyes to the different other modalities in managing the disease, whether it be um, diet or you had some energy work people on your website. And everything might not be for everyone, but I appreciate the 360-degree view that you give to the disease and not just the physical stuff. So I'm very grateful for that. And I'm grateful for anybody who has a positive outlook and has this disease and has found a way to manage it for them. That's beautiful as well. Thank you for sharing that. Positivity is so important, especially as we maintain that mindset and motivation to keep moving throughout life 
truly. So Gretchen, why don't you share more about how people can find more from you? And I'll be sure to incorporate that in the show notes as well. Yeah. So one way that you can find me directly in the different services I offer is my website, which is missinglink.com. It's spelled M-S-I-N-G link.com. And in the spirit of accessibility, I am also all over social media. So I have a YouTube channel with lots of great content there. My handle on YouTube is Dr. Gretchen Hawley. I am also on Facebook. I have a specific group there for MS support and exercise. That group is called MS Wellness and Support with Dr. Gretchen PT. And I also have Instagram, which is Dr. Gretchen. Oh, and I recently developed an app. It just launched uh, about two months ago. So I have an app where you can actually track your exercises, get access to the YouTube videos, everything all in one place. And the app is called The Missing Link, again, spelled M-S-I-N-G. That's so exciting. It is exciting. It's a great way. I found that one of my um, clients' weaknesses was tracking. And and when you don't track, it's harder to stay consistent. So this is one way where they have access to learning a lot, but also tracking their exercises, tracking their symptoms, tracking their hydration, uh, their mindset, all of that. Again, sounds like an abundant resource. I'm so grateful to both of you for connecting me um, for this conversation to really just shine a light on mindset, positivity, repetition, understanding neuroplasticity, all of the abundant resources that you offer Gretchen and ways that it has supported you, Carissa. I'm so grateful to both of you. It's truly been a wonderful experience to connect with you both. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Jen. Thanks again so much for making the time to be here of course thank you and have a great day take good care and stay well thank you you too be sure to visit hsctwarriorspodcast.org where you can find notes from today's episode submit ideas or feedback, and connect with resources and the HSCT Warriors Incorporated nonprofit. As always, special thanks to musical genius Billy Allitzhauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. It has been amazing to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment to connect with us on Instagram or share this episode with someone you know that would enjoy listening. In the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well. Jen Stansberry Koenig and the producers disclaim medical influence and responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. If you think you have a medical problem, please contact a licensed physician and take good care.